When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to a brand new podcast on your WFNY feeds. Um, I think we're going, the attentive name that we have on this one is uh, State of the Land. And as always, we are brought to you by the Evergreen Podcast Network. We are a part of the Waiting for Next Year community. Truthfully, I think uh, actually uh, we created and we run the community right now as I am Joe Gerbs Gerberry. And I am joined by former WFNY owner, and uh, I'll call you current curmudgeon, Craig Lindell. Uh, how's it going, buddy? Things are going well. It's it's odd to be on a new podcast and with a new name. All the names are taken at this point, so right. we're just. It, it's kind of like the the Cleveland keyword uh, recycler, and you just you recombobulate oh, it yep. when. When we made, uh, when Mitch and I were doing the Guardians podcast, we like, we spent a solid two weeks trying to like just pitch names in a in a Discord DM, and it was every like buzzword of baseball and Cleveland and everything. So we ended up coming up with Cornercast, and I like it, and we've put just cast basically on the bottom of every. Uh, any every waiting for next year podcast but you know this were, was, were you the first nice, ever so. were the originator of the corner cast was there any other corner cast in existence i didn't do research on it but i <laughs> imagine that i was the uh the purveyor of it so it's like sure. one time i did a i did a food podcast with doug tratner from scene magazine and we were talking about barrio and he's like you do realize there's a barrio in like every, there's at least one barrio in every state in the entire country oh yeah like i i hadn't thought about it at all but that totally makes sense um so yeah in terms of untrademarkable names in the podcast world essentially i you just have to go with such the 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 land podcast craig gerbs right cast it looks like yeah like one of those facebook word clouds that you just like (laughs) you know the the, just all pulls out and you just start pulling and the biggest word is always cast Right, hundred percent has to be, so pod, or cast, or podcast. So, but uh, but no, we uh, we wanted to uh, Craig was wanting to get back into podcasting because you've been you used to do it fairly re- fairly regularly, and then uh, it's been what about a, a year or so since you've really had regular, yeah, even longer than that, probably. Yeah, well, it, it probably about a year. Um, I felt like I was at least semi regular a year ago but uh it's it's been it's been a while i just uh you know the i'm in my 40s now my kids are 12 and 10 i am a travel soccer coach so unless i go back and watch a lot of the uh cleveland browns sunday games you know that used to be kind of my main beat um part of the the way the site went was everybody specialized a little bit and right. the browns were kind of my main gig i used to watch the browns and then i would tell everybody who was around me after the game that they couldn't talk to me for a half hour after the game. Cause I write writing up the recap and doing all the stuff and um, yeah, life's changed. So um, yeah. And I'm also, I love podcasting. I love talking about topics, but you got to find the time. You got to find the passion. I'm probably not nearly as passionate about uh, out of necessity. I'm probably not nearly as passionate about Cleveland sports as I once was, but uh you know, I get caught up every now and again. Oh yeah, for sure. And I, I definitely agree with you on, even though I am, I just turned 37 a couple of weeks ago, but with two toddlers, a wife, uh, a full-time job running the site, I definitely, if, if you had given me a microphone and free access to the internet and a, a high-speed internet, the podcast, I, I definitely would not be, uh, I would have been canceled long ago, probably. But um, yeah, I, I definitely have seen the the urge to watch every every sporting event ever has definitely waned a little bit for my own self. So I, I 
I get with you on that one. But uh, we wanted to make uh, you know get something together and and do this uh, you and I and uh, with Guardian season ending. Um, I was having some opening nights with uh, the Cornercast. We're going to do our uh, end of season podcast tomorrow night um, with uh, both Mitch and Ethan. So all three of us will be on, which is always nice. But um, yeah, so I, I wanted to be able to have, talk Browns and talk Scavs and. I'm not always able to be on with Joe and Taylor or uh, Seth and Evan. And it's nice that we have those, that those are, you know, yeah. the, the specific, the sports specific ones, but you know, you, you and I can get her and, and be hot takey if we want to, or give, you know, hashtag vibe checks or whatever we want to do. So. Yeah. And it's cool because I, between the dairy bros and the corner cast, I feel like the real, nuts and bolts the real close watch the close coverage of the guardians of baseball in general is i think the waterfront is covered and so i love being more the generalist i don't i don't have to be the expert on the 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 top five prospects at first base up and down the system um i'm glad that people can do that i'm glad that we have those people uh it's just really hard so (laughs) yes i'm happy other people do that um if I could, if I could just kind of take over for a second, though, because as I'm thinking about the Guardians and and the playoff run that just finished, and how exciting it was, and how great it was to get back into it with them on on TV, and now that the uh, Cavaliers have started and they are on Bally Sports, I, I think we've spent a lot of time talking about the Bally thing and the fact that the Guardians weren't on TV, and now, but now that I think that. The season is over. It ended with a playoff run that was on TV. And now the Cavs are starting on the app that is now available to buy as a standalone thing. I'm wondering if we could kind of crystal ball it a little bit. And how much do you think interest can recover in the Guardians in baseball with available streaming? And the fact that they they went way over their heads in terms of making the playoffs and advancing past around. I think the I definitely do think there is a bounce back that's coming for next year, um, interest wise. I do think a I I I'm, I don't want to call it a prolonged because it was two series, but it was five. It was seven games of, of playoffs. I mean, it was longer than if being in the playoffs in general was longer than what we thought we were going to get out of guardians baseball. But um, I do think that there is definitely some interest in the team now that people have been able to get a little bit more of it. As you're saying, you know, they, they got more eyeballs and, and they're definitely uh, is, uh, it will be some people that come back to it. Um, I do hope that they go, the Bally, the Bally Plus, Bally Sports Plus uh, route next year that they're available that they're available there. Um, I don't know that they that's should actually, be. They should be. I, I know other other franchises in Major League Baseball have been part of the Bally Sports Plus. Like I think regional, they just weren't able to get it done but, for this year. I think it'll be done for right. next year. I just I think the interesting thing is that the way it all transpired and and I don't want to get, go back and, you know, it sucks and Bally sucks. And I don't want to go down that whole path and, and relitigate all the problems. I just want to talk about or think about how it turned many, many, many guardians fans, myself included into fair weather fans. And I, I really do think that they're just having them available on that app will turn me around next year. For sure. Um, the the lack of convenience was a really big deal to me because I had a I had a Bally Sports login at the beginning of the season, then something happened with my sister's direct TV login and I didn't have it anymore. So yeah. um I know for me personally, and I'm just one anecdote, but I kind of based on everybody I talked to, I think there are a lot of people in that same boat where just the lack of ease of availability and video, because people want to watch two or three innings while they're cooking dinner or whatever. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And we have, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure he probably doesn't mind, but our own Andrew Schnicki has said that he lost touch this year because he wasn't able to watch it as, as frequently as he had previous years and things like that. And um, he was living vicariously through the podcast because all he could have was 
or those, you know, and, and read reading gamers or, you know, looking at box scores and stuff like that. Like it, like we were back in the prehistoric internet days, but um, I definitely think yeah, that. And it's not like you can catch a four minute highlight package on ESPN anymore either. Right. Yeah. It's all first take. It's all, which is all just takes sports center is now, you know, uh, just produced news sections as opposed to highlights of games. They're, they're more telling the, the stories rather than recapping what and, happened and the night before. And I think that might be okay anyway. I don't know that I'd sure. watch Sports Center like it's 97 or 98 anymore. Yeah, I mean I I have fond memories of waking up at, you know, before school and watching 2 hours of Sports Center even though it was the same one the next hour and, and watching it again. But um I, it's yeah, in like, college when the when the Sports Center would stop, we'd sometimes switch over to ESPN News just for more highlights. Right? <laughs> just to get just to get more of it. Um, yeah, I, I, I do think that generation is gone because we also have, you know, you have pitching ninja on Twitter that's showing gifts of everybody and, and, you know, the main accounts are showing all of the highlights that you, you know, want to see or, or whatnot, and they have breakdowns for you. So I, I do think that there is an element of that that's gone, but I do definitely agree with you that the the ease of being able to watch um, those games and those, uh, you know, even like you said, even those couple of innings, if you know that like, oh, the, the top of the lineup's coming up, I want to watch Jose. I want to watch, you know, Oscar. I want to hear the SpongeBob a and, you know, and you, if you can plan that out a little bit, you can, and just watch it for a little bit that that's going to get you more in involved, but I definitely, yeah, do, uh, you know, yeah. I I was trying to figure out if I'd seen any of the 40-some Will Brennan regular season at bats before the playoffs, and I, maybe I did, but I can't remember. I couldn't recall. Um, and there, there were just there was a lot of discovery going on in the playoffs, which is not normally the situation because usually if there's a team good enough to make the playoffs and, and advance past a round, I would know the lineup or I would know – 90% of, right. of the probable lineups in a, in a baseball series. But um, I don't know. It's a, it's, it's kind of a happy accident that they made the playoffs and that they advanced. And so the potential is all there. I just, I, for, for all of our sakes as Clevelanders, as sports fans, I, I kind of hope that uh, it recovers. Um, Cause I do feel like, I, I feel like I was not alone I think there are even more casual people than I who just didn't have even that casual relationship with the team all, all summer long, the way they might have normally. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, and I, I do think that, uh, that hurt as much as, you know, not relitigating it, but the, the name change and things like that, you know, I don't want to get too deep into it because there's, you know, We've all heard and all had those conversations all year. We're done, you know, at this point, you should be, we should be all past calling them the Indians, you know. <laughs> that, that, yeah, except, except for the, the petulant among us. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I was, say, name, those, and those will change, be there, but, you know, name change, lockout, you know, all those things. Right. Uh, I, but, I, yeah, I've argued that, that the, the, the COVID, those that were lost to COVID by either, honest you know actual loss or by lockout or, or, or whatever i think those there are some that aren't coming back but i do think the the ability to watch the games will bring a lot of those back and just the general vibes of the team we heard all year about you know especially near the end how much this reminded people of the glory day indians you know the 95 to 97 tribe that was, you know, it, that were guys that were homegrown for like, you know, a, a, as much as they could be the, you know, there was the Manny vibes from Oscar, the Lofton, you know, Miles Strahr, Kenny or uh, Stephen Kwan, Jose was there at third bay, you know, like those kinds of, well, you know, we made those, we made those, uh, you know, analogies and, and comparisons as much. And I do think that there is, there are going to be people that are 
nostalgic for that time that may have left but are coming back well and something that you said you know the 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 loss of the name indians is not not that not that big of a deal the real loss is the secondary nickname tribe um yes. and i know that i know that we had to lose that too but tribe was yeah, that was part of our chance that was part of you know, nobody said let's go indians it was, it was right. let's go tribe let's go tribe and it, it felt cool to to say and uh the, the got, one thing we that got I noticed, now <laughs> yeah but the one thing i noticed going to the playoff games is because they're obnoxious the yankees fans had all their chance and whatever else and we used to drown that out with let's go tribe but guardians fans didn't know what to chant to drown that out this year we we have not established enough of our identity in one year right. to have our go-to chance and that's uh that's a little bit frustrating but it's probably a short-term uh, a short-term issue but it just felt like there was nothing on the scoreboard there was uh, uh they were trying to emulate the drums from from center field that are no longer with us um and and so there's a there's still a bit of an identity crisis on the game day production standpoint. Yeah, I, 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 I hadn't really thought about losing tribe. I, I do think that's a name that I, I don't know that I, not that, not that I'm the, the arbiter of all good and holy, but I do feel like I allowed people to say tribe more than I allowed them to say Indians. If you still, like, oh, like, oh, hey, what the tribe do last night? like oh well you know there was no there was it wasn't met with any kind of like criticism of like what team do you talk about you know so but yeah i i do think that uh i'm good with i'm good with guards or gardos i i will tease ethan uh relentlessly for not liking gardos but let's go guards has that same feel to it so and i i think i think gardos is the best i think it's funny um but i you know, just from my own personal experience, I I went to Game Three. Uh, that was Game Three, right? That was uh, the walk off up the middle. Um, yeah. I went to that game with my ten year old, and you know that's a uh, a core memory created now for my ten year old. Yeah. Winning that game and and walking down the the ramps after the game and high fiving every Guardians fan on the way back to the car um you know that's that's really what it, it comes down to i i got to use my my hack line because we saw some people leave that game early yeah and i told my son nobody ever told their grandkids about the time they beat traffic you always stay right you always stay and and so i that's that's what it's really all about and that's how you get past a name change by creating memories and creating core memories and um and I'm just going to say they were lucky. They were lucky to get there. They oh, were lucky to yeah. get that far. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm about as bitter with that organization as anybody in all of Cleveland based on uh, my experiences being a season ticket holder. And even I, uh, you know, it melted, melted the crusty, crusty ice around my heart. It's a curmudgeon. It's a curmudgeon in you. I, I, you know, I, said I know. That, so. But yeah. Um, I'm less of a curmudgeon now than I was in my 20s, by the way, which is hysterical to me, but that's fine. <laughs> I'm very much more curmudgeon now than I was in my 20s. <laughs> I was I was absolutely a... What was the John Mulaney bit of, like, you could uh, spill hot soup in my lap and I wouldn't care. I'm now, like, now I'm well past, like, all of that. But that was me easily 10, 15 years ago. You could have done anything <laughs> to me. Um yeah, I had a point and now I lost it because I started talking about other things. I have but, a tendency um, to derail things. That's what I it's do. All good. Uh oh, you were talking about core memories. Um and you just with your ten year old. Obviously, my girls are I'll have a four month old and or four year old in a month, and I have a three year old. I have uh my my breaking t shirt, uh the Jose 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 breaking t.com backslash WFNY. Go and check those out. But uh, um, she, uh, I was wearing it during one of the pod, uh, during one of the playoff games, and uh, she comes up and asks, "What does that say?" And I said, "It's Jose, Jose, Jose. That's what we yell when he's up at the bat." And I the had the game was on, and and I was doing the chant, and she uh, 
Chip just running through the living room. Jose, 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 Jose. And just like very off pitch. But I'm like, well, this is ingrained in my memory now. But uh, but yeah. So no, though that's that's the best stuff. That's those the best. The, those stuff. are the things. Um and, and she's not gonna what... she's not gonna care that they were, you know, she doesn't know a time when they were the Indians. But she's not going to care, and I don't unless care that's now. passed down. You unless know? that's passed down by a parent or a grandparent or somebody right. else influential in their life, who just wants to to crush joy. Um, yeah, it should be fine. Dad's not listening. It is he? Uh, it's late tonight. He might catch it tomorrow. Who knows? Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah, right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripotis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. All right, let's. I think we're. Are you good with Guardian stuff, or do you want to get more any more in? I'm if good you to get move into on. real in depth stuff. I I'm not gonna. Lost. I don't want to. I'm good. I'm good with it. We can we can <laughs> save that all for the Cornercast tomorrow, where Ethan's gonna tell me the. Uh, of what's going on on the farm so although i will say uh the one the one thing that i really think and this isn't like a typical i i do think the ownership is cheap but this is not a typical cheap ownership take the one thing that really bothered me about the roster construction this year and i know there are good reasons for it and things don't always work out but it always feels like any team in major league baseball should have a 10 11 12 million dollar dh level player like a somebody who maybe can't play the field anymore but still is just a professional hitter and and, and maybe it's seven or eight million dollars i don't know right i, I don't right. know who it is but it felt like the guardians were missing that all year and so even though i don't expect them to go get a, a 150 or 200 million dollar player in the offseason i think uh 12 to 15 15 12 to 20 million dollar professional hitter should yeah. be on the agenda I, I definitely agree with you. I will say they had one. His name was yes. Friendmill, and then he broke. And well, and that's then that's why I'm trying not to happened. kill them. I'm right. trying not to kill them. Right. You know. Yeah. We don't know what happened, but something did. And uh, I hope that it gets figured out for him. It just won't get figured out in Cleveland. Well, so. and this is one of the things about sports that I think is especially in the age of Twitter and 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 hot takes and everything else is like sometimes uh guys have girlfriends who are pregnant sometimes guys are going through divorces right. sometimes guys have sick kids sometimes guys are having a, a mental issue that like kevin love talks about all the time right we don't we can't always know these guys aren't bags of stats that you just dump out into a box score yes yeah there are you as much as we that's the part i guess that analytics you know, quote air quotes analytics, people will have a problem with, you know, or, or get bogged down on is the intangible human element of it that you can say, this guy does this well, let's have him do this. But he may not always be able to for our injury or, you know, whatever, whatever the, the list that you had, you know, I don't want to rehash it, but yeah, there, there's things like that that happen. So. And sometimes they can't stop smoking pot, you know, Josh Gordon. Is that we're moving to the Browns? Is that a second? I'm good with I'm good with Browns. That's good. Um, I will tell you now. I am not going to rehash the the Nick Chubb uh, narrative. Um, he's used an appropriate amount. 
I I think I've said it in our Discord, it possibly with the the private side of it, but I feel at this point the stats are there to show that he is used an appropriate amount. Whether or not that appropriate amount is used at the correct time, that is the argument. I feel like more than run chub more, run chub less, whatever. I feel like it's a situ- it's a argument about timing more than it is about actual like numbers on it. Where are you at with that? I am so so over the Browns' criticism and chatter that is all outcome dependent. If the yeah. Browns win, nobody talks about any of the finer points. If the Browns lose, it's analyzed to death and everything is wrong. The Browns played like absolute garbage against the Carolina Panthers. Right. But they they hit a 150-yard field goal to win that game. And so now nobody cares. Nobody nobody remembers how many carries Chubb had. They just remember that the Browns won that game and Baker Mayfield probably cried. <laughs> he didn't make a big deal about it. It was he wasn't the one that did it. He it was all Cleveland that made a big deal about it. Uh, that aside from, was the most horrendous thing. That was I have shown that to people, and it's they think you're making amazing. it up. Oh yeah, I, there, I have a buddy that I uh, that I work with that is a Dolphins fan, and I thought everybody had known about it, but I forgot that he was obviously a, a, not a a Cleveland. He's born in the area, obviously, but not uh, not a Cleveland fan. And I had to show him the shirt, and he's like, "That's not real." Like, but it, you know oh, what? You know, oh, sure it is. Oh, sir, oh, it sure is. <laughs> but I just looked it up. The Browns ran the ball to running backs 33 times in that game against Carolina, 22 times to Nick Chubb and 11 times to Kareem Hunt. And they still almost lost and probably should have lost because they gave up 17 points in the fourth quarter. Like it's right. not all about play calling and the number of carries. Yeah. This, this Browns offense has been good enough essentially to win every game but maybe the patriots game yes and the defense and maybe even if the defense doesn't play like such garbage maybe even that game they 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 would have been okay that the problem with this team has been defense and special teams the the head coach is responsible for that in as much as he needs to handle his coordinators and handle this stuff but this idea that there's a magic bullet in the number of carries that nick chubb has it, it just that's outcome dependent criticism, and I I can't I just I just it's too overly simplistic, and I'm not willing to to talk about it anymore. Yes, he's the yes. best player on the field. That means he's a great decoy too. Um, right. And the play that, that you know anyway. We're now we're relitigating the whole thing. Right. Yeah. No. I'm I I I'm I'm with you, and I agree with you. I the the stat that I saw, and I don't remember who tweeted it out because there's. 37,000 different accounts that all say the same thing. But somebody had the when Chubb gets X amount of carries, they're whatever an O. And then whenever he gets fewer, he that's they have like two wins. And 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 yeah, it like you said, it's all outcome dependent. If if they don't blow a coverage on the Jets game, it's completely different. If they actually, you know get some kicks in the Atlanta game. It's, it's different. If they, the Chargers game was, was an easy win. The Baltimore game, you know, the, the false start doesn't get called. And, and, you know, that's a, it's an easier make of a field goal where they're still playing, you know, we, it's, yeah, it, it, there, there are, are way more issues than the play calling. There's way more issues than who's getting the ball on offense it's it's easily this defense and the special teams issues. There was a who had the tweet in about the starting field goal position that like Cleveland's like fifth or something like that off of kickoffs. Why are you kicking? The, why are you returning any kicks right yeah. now? There's no, absolutely, absolutely no true. reason. There's absolutely no reason to be returning kicks. You start at the twenty-five. You don't have anybody. I mean, I'm not saying that we need to like resurrect the ghost of joshua cribs i'm i'm here for it if that if that technology is available 
but uh you know rule changes have nixed rule changes have nixed the uh the next josh cribs by the way but uh yeah. my 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 cleveland browns hot take is that kevin stefanski is a good coach and i don't know if he can become a great coach but they need to commit he should be here for the next five years he should learn what it's like to fire a defensive coordinator and hire a new one he should learn what it's like to to go through uh, a partial coaching staff rebuild and yeah. and and rehiring all those those positions because that's what the Steelers would do with Mike Tomlin. That's what they have done with Mike Tomlin. It at a certain point, in order to be a big boy grown up organization in the NFL, you have to stand by a coach, especially one who gets along with the front office, and you need yeah. to let them learn with from their mistakes, especially when they're still young. They still have tons of potential. Um, people living in fear of their jobs don't do the best version, don't become the best versions of themselves. They don't do the best jobs. And the one thing I, it's not continuity for continuity's sake. It's, it's, it's what a big boy, you, you can't, you can't always solve things by amputating the arm, amputating the limb. You know, everybody in Cleveland wants to amputate something off the Browns all the time. Right. Um, and yeah, here I, you know, I guess I'm being kind of a hypocrite because I think they should probably move on from their defensive coordinator, but I don't think that's the same thing as, as what the Browns no, have done it, in the past where they clean house all the time. Right. You're talking about regime changes. They, they it's so there it's Brown's Twitter and Twitter isn't real. Uh, nope. is so, is so quick to say, okay, this isn't working. Give me something new. Give me a new, give me a new head coach. Give me a new quarterback. Give me a new whatever. And you know, it, it's this isn't. That's not the fix. That's not the situation at, at this point. I think Stavansky is a really good coach, and I think that he is. And I agree with you one hundred percent that you know this is. If you want to be Bill Bill Belichick, do Bill Belichick things. And I'm not yeah. saying, and he's and he's got the press conference stuff down. If you want, you know, about uh, not answering anything given to him at a press conference. But if Bill Belichick's defensive defense wasn't operating correctly, he would absolutely go in and and either kick some butt with the with the coordinator that's there, or move on. That it's a, it, it's really as simple as that, and, and you know. I, I think the, you, I, I, we can't just keep going on this carousel of head coaches leaving, quarterbacks leaving, and, and if it's not, if it doesn't work one week, what's going to happen next week? If, if they go out and win in Cincinnati, it, everything will be fine. We will, we will go into the bye week looking at, there's two more or however many more weeks before Watson's back. What is it? Is it three? Is it three weeks? So let's, let's pretend let's do an exercise. All right. So the Browns right. beat the Bengals on Monday night. What, what is the, the discourse around the Cleveland Browns? Should they beat the, the Bengals? No matter what it looks like, they could win by one point on a freak play and then all of a sudden, my prediction would be that they would be saying, you know, the Browns are three and five. They could be much better. The fact that they beat the AFC's representative in last year's Super Bowl just goes to show how close they, they are. It's a game of inches. If they'd gotten a couple of extra bounces, they'd be there. The they're fine. If they beat Cincinnati and Baltimore loses tomorrow, I think they're ahead of the division. Yeah, but even but, that, I mean, but, like, but 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 I mean, but that's the whole that's the whole yeah. that that is your experiment, you know. Like we're right back in it, and all of a sudden everybody's okay. And I and I, there are layers to it, and I do think you know I don't I don't know necessarily. I agree with your sentiment that yes, if there is a win on Monday, no matter how good it is, there's going to be people that say this is fine, and we're going to go into the rest of the year excited about it. But well, all things considered, and everything we know about the team is they're not they're not good. They're not complete. They're wildly right. inconsistent, and there's no reason to think that they should be able to turn it around this year. 
and that's not me calling for wholesale changes or whatever else, but like Denzel Ward's not having a good year. You don't expect that it's happening. Um, uh, there, there are a lot of the seem to have some sophomore slumps going on with like JOK and some different guys. The the money that they've invested in their safeties doesn't appear to be working out. Um, right. and, and so they're just things. There are things and you have to survive those. Sometimes you have to have a season that's worse than you expect it to be. Sometimes you're you're losing so that Houston can have a better draft pick. And you have to find, you know what the task is ahead of you. You know what the project is without those draft picks. And you have to adjust and 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 make it better. And I, I just look forward to the team actually allowing the people in place to do that or try to do that uh, rather than flipping everybody out. But, I mean, the Haslam's have to prove that to us. Right. Yeah, they can't. Jimmy doesn't get the uh, the benefit of the doubt on, you know, keeping keeping a, a head coach until he actually keeps a head coach. And and I and that being said, the longer he doesn't say Stavansky has my vote of confidence, the the better I feel about it. Because as soon as he comes out and says Stavansky's my guy, you're you might as well start the 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 clock on it you know and that's the the kiss of death as we've as we know but yeah i i until it until it is proven that he can be on the sidelines literally and or figuratively and let the head coach do head coach things let the general manager do general manager things we have to have that fear that it's going to happen but you know it, and it's the owner likely. can do owner things like writing checks right I'm, a, I'm, yeah, I agree, and and we'll and we'll see. I I I wonder what this. I wonder what this week will bring because of the bye week that's afterwards and, and the trade deadline that's coming up. Um, there's, I saw a tweet today that said, it, a win on Monday could mean that Kareem Hunt is going to stay. And I I see no reason behind that. I love Kareem. I think that he makes the offense better. And I think that we, I agree with your point that you've made previous that Kareem Hunt was an underrated, losing Kareem Hunt for as long as we did last year was an underrated portion that hurt the offense. Mm -hmm. But if he's not going to be here when the team is in contention with Watson, then they need to make that move and try to get so and get a, get draft pick capital that you've lost that you've lost because of Watson and and I disagree. Team. I disagree you because keep, I want to keep on. I want to keep him. I would I would try and keep him on a team friendly deal moving forward because having him alongside Watson would be awesome. And also I don't think uh just and as much as I love Kareem Hunt, I don't think he's going to garner that much just because I don't think I don't think the trade market exists. Uh, would I rather take a chance on keeping Kareem Hunt and trying to see the team re-sign him to a team-friendly long-term deal that sees him retire with the team or have a six-round pick? Uh, yeah, I'd rather not have a six-round pick. You can keep the six-round pick. It doesn't help me. The six-round pick will never help me. Okay. I can see where you're at with that. I will I I I have I have seen what Andrew Barry has been able to do with some late round picks in undrafted free agents. But um so I mean I, I and those picks can often you know, we've seen it where they did it with JOK, where those picks can be packaged up and moved up. So there is that asset that's there. Um Yeah, I just don't uh I get it. I I I don't agree, it's but okay I don't disagree. Like, I, I, it's, it's I, okay I, disagree. I don't agree, and I can, but I can see your point, so I get it. So, but like, if they, if he's he, so I looked it up. He's going to be twenty eight next year. If they gave him a team friendly four year contract, which really acts like a two year contract with a year to year option after that, Bold, and it's years and everything, yeah. And his last contract was two years and twelve million. So, 
I mean, I don't know what a good number looks like, but what's a what's a good backup running back number? Because I'm guaranteeing that Kareem Hunt is better than any backup running back in the NFL, and he's better than a lot of starters too. Yeah, there is that. I just think that this, and I do think he wants to be here. By the way, I'm I uh, I I do think he does. I don't think that they've that he's soured so much on Cleveland that you know that this extension talk has, has soured him you know the third of the non-extension talk rather um i just think that this is a front office that does not put value on certain positions and i, I do think that, i do think they're seeing that the the error of their ways with defensive tackle and the interior defensive line that you can't just have Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney and good things will happen. Um, you know, but uh, I, I think running back is just a position that they're not going to put a bunch of money into. They did with Nick Chubb and I think they're going to, and, and to be fair, the NFL doesn't value backup running back that much. It's a, it is more often than not at any, on any te- given team, I play fantasy, so I know way more than I probably should. But the backup running back is more often than not a first or second year guy that is that has been around working on his rookie contract. Right, but we're also talking about a guy currently who actually has a role in the Browns' offense, and it's it's part. It's part role because he's good and part role because it protects the best player on the team. And so, uh, you know, your backup running backs in the NFL on the high side make five or six million dollars a year. And on an NFL payroll of however, hundred, you know, 200 million or whatever it is, if you can't come up with six and a half million a year long term for a guy who protects your most valuable person and also contributes uh, I I'd suggest maybe you're not making the right cuts in the right spots. That's all. And, and yeah. you might be right. I know what, I know what all the numbers say about backup running backs and even starting running backs and, and how you should get it, how you shouldn't dedicate cap dollars and resources to those positions. I'm just, if there was ever somebody who was different and different in Cleveland and worth more to Cleveland than anybody else, it might be Kareem Hunt. It's possible. I just see, I, I and I don't know why this is, but we, I, I, I'm just not seeing the usage for Kareem Hunt this year, and that may in itself be part of the problem. But you know, look at his 2020, where he had almost 200 rushes, he had 51 targets and 38 receptions. He's at 66 rushes this year. With you know, so half a half a season almost seven games. And they play seventeen now, which is stupid. Uh, so I mean, not necessarily half, but half of the games. But he's not at half of the, those touches. He's just not there. They've I don't know what has changed that has made them go away from Kareem. You would think that because they're in losing game scripts more often right now, that Hunt would be the one that would they would be going to more than they would be going to I have theories but I'm Ken Harbaugh host of Warriors in Their Own Words a podcast that presents the unvarnished unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation as a country we need these stories more than ever stories from Americans who have borne the battle including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts. I have theories. Uh, I, I think number one, I don't know if it's specific to the way the league has reacted to Kevin Stefanski or whether it's specific to Jacoby Brissett, but the Cleveland Browns cannot run a screen to save their lives this entire season. 
the screen pass game is not working. And that was a huge, huge place for Kareem Hunt. Uh, number two, I think this is more related to Jacoby Brissett, but they're passing the ball a ton because the teams have decided that if they're going to lose to the Cleveland Browns, they're going to lose to the Cleveland Browns with Jacoby Brissett. They're not going to lose to the Cleveland Browns with, with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. And so right. they're eight, nine man boxes, safeties cheating up. Uh, and again, I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't see hardly any of the Ravens game at all. So I'm, I might be speaking out of my butt a little bit, but it seems to me that a lot of it is dependent on what people are doing to, to the Browns and what they're doing with the Browns quarterback situation. And I think that it, it, it's worth being patient until Deshaun Watson gets there. Um, and you know, maybe Deshaun's going to be as rusty as everybody expects him to be, and he's not going to be effective and we still won't get a good look at, at what, uh, what he can be in the Cleveland Browns offense under Kevin Stefanski. But I, I just feel like none of what we're seeing is a realistic view of what we could project going forward. Yeah, I, I, and I know how unsatisfying that is. I'm sorry. Right. To I was say, no, yeah, I, it, is, it, it is. It is. It's like, oh, yeah. I mean, I guess what's really funny is that uh, I actually have not been able to watch as many games this year because I am in a I don't actually live in uh, Cleveland. I live uh, south of Youngstown and it is unfortunately a encroaching uh, Pittsburgh area. So uh, the there have been twice this year where Pittsburgh has been the CBS game of choice over Cleveland. Pittsburgh and so, uh, yeah, I, I just can't, uh, I, I haven't been able to watch as many. Um, and I was, uh, I forget what I was doing for this Ravens game, but I was definitely doing something and I, I was unable to watch as much as I would have liked. And uh, yeah, so it, it's, and I, I think it's just generally uh, I, a problem with this season at this point in time. I don't have as big expectations. I will watch because I love watching football. And I love watching. It's a thing that I do on Sundays or Mondays or Thursdays or whatever. Football more than any other sport. I will watch whatever is on, whoever is on. I, I like I I stopped watching the playoffs for the for baseball as soon as the Guardians were out. I was out. So did I. Uh I have People at like uh, uh, somebody asked me at work, you know, oh, what do you think about the series, the World Series? I'm like, I have no idea. Go Phillies, I guess. I don't know. It's I hate the Astros. Uh, that's you know, about my feels to it. But um, I will still watch the Browns, but I have such little care for them this year, and I don't know if it's a malaise that's from the Watson situation or if it's if they were if they were five and two I'm sure I would probably feel differently but I think you so. know I, I think I think it's just the the losses that have already happened that I'm I'm feeling out on this team well and it's very similar to the Guardians offseason it just wasn't fun oh um, yeah none of none of the hot stove chatter about the browns coming into the season was a good time because even if you're one of the even if you love the watson move and and whatever i don't want to get into it but even if even if none of that stuff particularly swayed your love of the team you have to admit it wasn't fun to follow them. Oh no. It didn't amp you up for the season. It didn't get you excited to watch the games. It was like I, I really wish we could talk about Nick Chubb or Miles Garrett and then you know, they're just it wasn't fun. It was courtroom drama that and and it was And even this week it continues. Even right. This week it continues, you know, yeah. you just can't get away from it. You can't, and some, it, there's, there's no, exci there's no excitement about it. You can't be excited needs, about, you know, he needs to play extremely well and the fan base needs time, yes. time to just like distance time and distance. Yeah. He, yeah, he definitely needs to just stay out of headlines for as long as possible. But speaking of which, uh, and this kind of maybe this is a, a perfect way to end the conversation about the Browns and, and the way I started with my hot take about my maybe not so hot take about Kevin Stefanski, but the very worst possible a, a team 
with a coach that people at least used to like and tons of talent and tons of potential showing up after week 11, the very worst thing you could ever do would be to uh, cause additional chaos as owner and fire a bunch of people. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the one that can't be, thing... can be understated too, you know, that we haven't seen what Stefanski can do with Watson and you waited all this sheet, all this time to have him. You can't get rid of him now, you know, right. or are you, are you going to put it in Alex Van Pelt's hands? Yeah. And, and that's one of the, one of the common things that I've talked about over the years on this podcast is when you're looking at a situation, whether it's a player or a regime, a coach, whatever, if you, once you realize that the missing element is definitely not time and patience, then you fire them. But in the Kevin Stefanski scenario with this roster and the, and the, uh, and the return of uh, the first legit quarterback they've had since 99, um, time is certainly potentially still a variable that is, uh, is important. Yeah, and I and I think I I do agree. Um, I do agree with you. I do think this year is just going to is as lost a season as it was going to be. Um, I think we I think we all wanted to try to rid ourselves of the Baker nonsense that happened and write it off as something that you know. Baker was the root of all of it, and it's and it's not, and, and he wasn't as much as we might like to pin it all on him. Um, he was part of it. He didn't help. The, oh, a hundred percent. Oh, there. I mean, without a doubt, he definitely helped. Um, but there, but obviously, there are things that were wrong with this team. Some situational play calling, the defense schemes, coaching, whatever, however you want to, whatever you want to blame on the defense. There's big problems there. But um, I, I think this year was always going to be a lost year. As much as fans don't want to hear that or don't want to expect that, it was going to be because you weren't going to get Watson until week twelve, and getting and and those last five, six, whatever games are only going to be just getting him fine tuned and ready for next year. But it was very surprising how it happened. I didn't expect the defense to be this bad. Um, but it, I, you know, it is, uh, it is kind of fitting that <laughs> we get to finish and probably spend the shortest amount of time on the Cavs because they're just awesome. They are. They are. They're the. They're. I mean, obviously they're the best team going in Cleveland because there's only two uh, currently running, and uh, they had a big win tonight against uh, in Orlando, a, a scrappy Orlando team. But um, is Orlando scrappy, or are they just kind of bad? I feel like they're scrappy. They have a really young, like, talented roster. I feel like I oh, one I of the most say, talked about rookies in the league. Yeah, I, 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 and I, I am not a big basketball guy. I've I, my attention to it has grown way much over the years, which is really great grammar. Um, but, way much, um, way much. Um, but I definitely think that um, my my attention to them has has definitely gone up as the years have happened, um, and the way this team is built and manufactured and fully homegrown um, with the with the uh, the la- the only the I, I guess. You could say Donovan Mitchell was homegrown because he came from people. He came from players that Cleveland grew. Obviously, he played well in Utah, and 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 this is his first year in Cleveland. But he came from homegrown assets with Colin Sexton. Hey, and, hey and I others. I consider it homegrown because he was traded. There's no big free agent on this team. Yeah. Um. And and the fact is that even the the '90s Indians that were built with trades and people who weren't through the farm system like they were those were all considered our guys uh it's uh it's it's incredible to think that they got donovan mitchell i was always in favor of of that trade and very excited about it but there's no denying that the cavaliers gave up a lot for him so it is 
it is pretty heartening to see him start off so quickly. Although he he didn't have the greatest night tonight against Orlando, but I don't think no, anybody. then Evan Mobley it. was able to come up and 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 take up the rain. You know, it it is it's how, it's it's so hokey and cliche, but it is the team is built in such a way that it feels like Cleveland that there is that there are so many pieces parts that could step up at any point in time that it feels so opposite from the lebron years where it was if lebron doesn't do well we're not winning tonight it's one of the and f- now it's one it's, of the only teams in the last 10 years that has felt like the pistons that yeah. were pretty dominant right uh before lebron really came into his own Right, um, and I, I, yeah, I, I hadn't, I, I had hadn't thought about the Pistons uh, correlation there, but yeah, it definitely is there. And Jared um, Allen is like a nice, a nice version of Ben Wallace. Uh, I, a, the talent on offense for Jared Allen is light years better than Ben Wallace's uh, talent. But the defense is about the same, and he's, the defense he's is about smiling. the same. So and yeah. he smiles a lot more, <laughs> and he's got a fro, and it's great. Uh, but yeah, I, I think the, does the that make build- Evan Mobley, Rashid Wallace? It nice Rashid Wallace. It, Are they the nice Pistons? They're just the nice Pistons. I think we've uncovered something here. Is Donovan Mitchell rip Hamilton? Oh, I love, I love rip Hamilton. I still do his whenever I, but he, play he played with an edge. Yeah. But whenever I play basketball, which is very rare because I'm 37 and old, um, I still do the uh, one, one, one out, and then on the free throws. That's the the, the old fashioned Rip Hamilton. But oh, yeah, um, Did, yeah do you wear I a think plastic mask over your eyes for protection. Uh, no, I should because I have glasses. <laughs> but um, no, I, I, getting back to uh, real things. Um, I don't know, the, man. I think the nice Pistons is probably the best thing we've done so far. The nice, the nice Pistons <laughs> is probably the thing that's going to stick way more than anything else we've said. Um, the the homegrownness of of the team I, is refreshing, especially in this era of the NBA that is player empowerment and guys moving from everywhere else. And obviously, Mitchell was part of that. You know, I don't know that he actually ever asked off of Utah. I know they traded Gobert and because they kind of needed to trade Gobert. But um, to see a team that just, it, it, you can tell they generally love each other. They generally want to go for it. I looked it up and there's an article on SI that says Jazz All Star Donovan Mitchell won't be requesting a trade. There you go. So you never so did. Perfect. Never did. Yeah, it's never a did. perfect story. Yep. Uh, but the I fact read that one this... headline and now it's fact. And uh, and the, <laughs> and that and that makes you a uh, a pro on it, and you can talk about it all on Twitter. Um, this team genuinely, and you can see it in the the pictures that are on social media, their social media that is out there, um, everything. They love being together and playing together. And it is just absolutely refreshing from this era where you have guys that if there's an off night, you could they could be traded the next day, you know, or or you're hearing you got a, a woge tweet of there's you know unrest in Nets camp because Kyrie, you know, someone's set on his incense, you know, or so, you know, whatever. And I could try on that one. Someone oh, burning his, sage and incense. Someone used his crystals wrong. Put them out of order. Um, who knows? Uh, he snuck into his mushroom supply. I love you. I love you, Kyrie. You you hit the shot. That's all we. Yeah. That's all we care about. Um, you know, and it's been it's been much better since we've had. So once he left Boston, I've yes. been fine with Kyrie's madness. It's For all sure. fine. I, I don't I, I don't care as much about Kyrie at this point in time. I I I hold really no ill will against him. I hold no no I hold less ill will against LeBron than I did after he left. Um, again, I don't know if that's just 
years on my life or whatnot, but um, I'm not as angry about it as definitely as I'm the first either. time. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm excited for this Cavs season. I'm excited that uh, to to put a, a a nice little hook on it that I'm able to see them as often as I am with the Bally Sports Plus app. Uh, that I can tune into a game at seven and watch a couple, you know, minutes of a quarter or whatnot, and see you see uh, a, a Frobley dunk, you know, or whatever, uh, a, a Darius uh, three from wherever as soon as he gets back with whatever face mask he's going to wear. He's the Rip Hamilton. There it is. Got it. We've, we've tied yes. it back together. He's got a face mask now, probably. So, so that means. Uh, uh... That um, Donovan Mitchell is Billups, Chauncey Billups. Yeah. Also, my knowledge of the Pistons is a lot deeper than I thought. (laughs) Um, It's also not that it's not that off either. It's you know. But but your your point about the the app, like I I may be old, but I am a geek, so it's like I can toss the I can toss it on my phone while the kids are doing the bedtime. When they finally go to bed, I hit the button and it goes straight to my TV through AirPlay. Because I've got Roku TVs everywhere, two hundred dollars yep. screens everywhere in my house, and away I, we go. I did that tonight. I sorted socks downstairs because toddler socks are awful, and I airplayed the game to the my to the TV. And when I was done, I brought it back to my phone and I took it upstairs. And, and you know, it's yeah, it, it is really nice to be able to do all those things, which sounds my really life, stupid. But my you know. life hack cheat code: I stopped matching socks. Uh, I match them. I match them. I just put a giant pile of socks in the drawer and I match them as I pull them out. See, I have a type A three-year-old who uh, is follows every rule that hasn't been established. And if she has mismatched socks, she would lose her mind. So I'm not saying they're mismatched. I'm saying they're in a giant pile in the drawer and you match them when you pull them out. It feels, it feels messy. My brain can't. No, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to. My brain doesn't want to think about that. <laughs> You're not going to make it on Life Hacker, Gerbs. You just no. Not. That's fine. I'm okay with that. But <laughs> I'm, I am good. I am good with whatever undiagnosed ADHD, OCD, uh, wherever I'm at on whatever. Just, just, just leave it situation. as undiagnosed. And by the undiagnosed. way, that is the name of this podcast now. Uh, Gerbs and Craig are undiagnosed. Okay, you're undiagnosed. I just, yeah, I can't. That gives me ooh, itters. I don't know. It's I don't like that. Oh, so. is it too good for you? Okay, no, I'm no, I'm saying the socks and the all the socks <laughs> unmismatched. That's where oh, I'm still the name. like. Oh no, I'm good with undiagnosed. I'm, I'm good with that. Uh, I will figure something out with that. But I know I'm still just thinking about all my socks just sitting in a bin now. I don't like that. But, no. Well, on behalf of Gerbs, I just want to thank you for listening to Undiagnosed with uh, Gerbs <laughs> and Craig. Gerbs and Craig. And part of the Waiting for Next Year community on the Evergreen Podcast Network. Right. <laughs> we, oh, we are get, Undiagnosed. We didn't, even, we didn't even get to do the underdog read. That's fine. Uh, go to underdogfantasy.com. Uh, if you are a first-time depositor and you use the code WFNY at checkout, uh, Underdog will match your deposit up to 100 bucks. Really nice option that's there. Uh, they do daily fantasy games. They do uh, they do a different system. They do drafts instead of the salary stuff. Uh, so if you go to like FanDuel, you get in a matchup. You play like you know sixty thousand dollars or whatever you have to make up your roster. Uh, Underdog does drafts, so they do like three, five, whatever people drafts, and then you is just it draft, like, like is a it automated? Team. Does it take time to, to draft? No, it takes it takes really quick. Um, I'd say, I mean, if you it depends on how quick your drafts are, but I mean, most of their big tournaments are only like six player drafts, and you're only drafting like you're like you're drafting with six guys, and you draft six guys, so it's really and nice. It matches you up with people right away. Yeah, as soon as you so as soon as you get in, you get in. About so. about me, I'm I'm I got coaxed back into a fantasy football league, and Ooh. I really love to draft. But I don't like to follow and make moves thereafter. So I'm underdog is horribly. underdog might actually be your way. I know, I know. I it's short attention span fantasy. I'm in. Also, uh, bet they do a lot of 
this will be here for you for next year, but they do a lot of. And if ball. I use code WFNY, they'll match up to a hundred dollars of my first deposit for a first time user. Absolutely. Um, they do a lot of best ball leagues, but best ball which, is probably where you want to go. What's the URL of that site, Gerbs? I will put it in the show notes. It's underdogfantasy.com, right? I believe so, but there is a, a there is a WFNY uh, link that you can okay. use if you don't want to use the WFNY code <laughs> at checkout. But I'll put that in the show notes. So because I was just I, you know I was force feeding the plug. Sorry. Yeah, I got you. No, you're totally fine. I'm good with that. So all right, I think that's it. I think we're getting a little loopy because it's ten thirty, and again, we are we are aged. So um, this was awesome, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like I said, I I'm good with like. Uh, Every other week, twice a month, something like that. We'll we'll check in and we'll do uh, another uh, state of the land. So, all right, undiagnosed, for, for undiagnosed with Joe and Craig. All right, for for Craig, for me, for uh, our undiagnosed whatever we have. Uh, I say good night. Don't you know that you're a grown up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, I think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. (laughs) (laughs) Right.